Let's start out in Proverbs verse 11, I mean chapter 11, verse 30. The fruit of righteousness is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. So as we think about this, the fruit of righteousness, the tree of life, I'm saying that's a home in heaven. That's why we're here today, right? To go to heaven. Then the second part, he that winneth souls is wise. That's what we want to key on today. I'm going to go back in time 40 to 45 years. <laughs> Leave some of y'all out, okay? In Allison, Texas, there was a couple of guys that pushed the young people. Joe Dukes and Red Dukes. Joe Dukes came to me and said, you know, they're having these things called a brotherhood meeting. Y'all ought to go and take your children. Take Christy and Sean. They can meet other young people. My standard answer 45 years ago is we don't have the money. We was making 400 a month. We did not have the money. We went to the brotherhood meeting. Spent the night with an evangelist and Shawnee went to Ardmore. And there was one of the speakers spoke, and I'll never forget what he spoke about. He said some things I will never forget. It's helped me. That guy's name was C.J. Jackson. I heard him talk one time. He was an older guy, supposedly a hillbilly from Aurora or Huntsville. That's where Dewey and Melbourne from. He didn't look like it. He had on a suit and a tie. But he, he said a couple of things I will never forget. And it's helped me in my Christian life. This is one of them. Your act of kindness may be the first step in saving a lost soul. Now, I'm not trying to change God's plan of salvation. We realize to have your sins forgiven, you have to hear the word. You have to believe, believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You don't have to believe the whole Bible, know the whole Bible, believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You must repent, be able to change the way you live and try to live Christ-like. You have to come to the front or come somewhere and confess. Someone will ask you, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? And you say, yes. And then you go into the water, change clothes, you're baptized. And then Galatians 3 and 27, those of you who can see it, says, For as many of you have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. Then you put on Christ. You're a new creature. I'm not changing that. I'm just saying that C.J. said this phrase, and it didn't really stick with me for a little while. But fast forward to 35 years ago. Sean and I was in Allison trying to invite people to come to church. Run into a guy that a lot of y'all know. And we invited him. He says, David, back in Missouri, this religious organization was so nice to me. I have to go to church there. Well, my light's dim, but it went off then. I thought, C.J. Jackson, that's what he was talking about. 
do good deeds, do good things. And this guy, he was, he's not going to change. He was there for life. Now, as we look in the audience today, there is people here because of acts of kindness that are Christians. There's several people here that was drugged. Y'all know what I mean. They was drugged to church by their parents every time the door opened, and they're Christian. I'm wonderful. I love that too. So let's think about this, and that brings us to our title, Evangelism and Kindness. I put down the relationships. On that Saturday of our regional deal, Sean, as he made his closing remarks, talked about relationships, relationships with husband, wife, relationships with neighbors, relationships that bring people to Christ. And that's what we want to talk about today. I mentioned C.J. Jackson. While Dewey and Melba was here, I said, did you know C.J.? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I got Dewey started, and I can't go into everything he said. Dewey said, he was a hard-nosed fella. I said, explain it. Well, religiously, he's hard-nosed. He said, but he oozed with love. He said, every denomination in Huntsville and Aurora wanted him to do a funeral. So he said, the undertaker would have to call Dewey. Can we do a funeral so-and-so day, so-and-so time? Because he might do three a day. Dewey would do, not Dewey, C.J., let me get my story right. C.J. would do the funeral. So he was that type of guy. And, he, and then Dewey went on, now I'll get it right, uh, that he said, let me tell you how I came to Christ. He said, I run a chicken farm, and I needed some help, so some of the Jacksons came over and helped me. And we done this, that, and the other. And says, you know, when I get through, I pull out my billfold and I have a little money in it. And he said, let me pay you. And they said, no. And he said, no, I didn't want you to come work for nothing. And he said, no, you owe me a Bible study. And I'll do it. He said, okay. He said, we're going to do them in February. He said, surely they'll forget. They didn't forget. So he said, in February came, he said, our house wasn't finished. It was a wreck. It wasn't good. So we studied somewhere else. He said, after the first one, I could not wait for the next ones. He said, I've been a Christian ever since. So an act of kindness led Dewey to Jesus. So let's study this. Uh, Most of you understand very well what an evangelist is. Evangelist is a Greek word, means preacher of the gospel, mentioned twice in the Bible, Acts 21 and 8. And the next day we that were of Paul's company departed and came to Caesarea, and we entered into the house of Philip the evangelist, which is one of the seven, and abode with him. This tells us, or tells me from this scripture, that the evangelist was hospitable. He kept Paul and his company maybe fed them, let them sleep overnight. And 2 Timothy 4 and 5, But watch thou in all things, endure the afflictions, 
do the work of evangelists, make full proof of thy ministry. We know the work of evangelist is to be a preacher of the gospel. Now, plural is mentioned once, evangelist, Ephesians 4 and 11, and he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. We all know this verse. As I look in the audience today, I do not see an evangelist. I do not see one that's been ordained or appointed with that title. Is there preachers of the gospel? Is there one, a preacher of the gospel? What do y'all think? I see a room full of preachers of the gospel. I see men, women, children that are preachers of the gospel. Now, I'll admit that women are limited in the assembly, but I see men, women, and children that are preachers of the gospel. Talk about kindness. Pretty simple. I think we know what that is, too. A Greek word means useful, good deeds, gentle. This may be my definition here in Colossians 3 and 12. Put on, therefore, the elect of God, holy, beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. We, we know what it is to be kind. I mean, that's pretty simple. We know that. Kindness is mentioned 48 times in the Bible. Let's look at this verse. I think this is an important verse, and I think Ty went into it to some extent while he was here. 2 Peter 1 and 5. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and brotherly kindness charity. You know, when we read through all of this, uh, we don't use virtue very much. Uh, you know, I might substitute excellence. And as Ty talked about temperance, that's self-control and how we need to do that. Charity, we might say love. But all of these things are ne uh, necessary traits of a Christian. They're so important in your Christian life. They're so important. Let's read this, the next uh, few verses. Verse 8 says, For if these things be in you and abound... They bake you that you shall neither be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Unfruitful is highlighted. Put that in the back of your mind. I want a light to go off later on. Okay? Remember that. And verse uh, 10 probably sums it up. Therefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, you shall never fall. You remember our last presidential election? First night we heard, too close to call. Next week, too close to call. The next month, we didn't know. <laughs> we got a president, so I won't go any further than that, okay? We do these eight characteristics. You will not fall. So I'm going to make it more simple. You do those eight things, heavens is promised. All of these eight things, including kindness, heaven is promised. 
Why are we here today? We want to go to heaven. Heaven is promised. Does God keep his promises? Absolutely. So we're going to gain something from studying today. Now then, let's look at some possible examples of evangelism and uh, kindness. When I got through studying this, I thought, man, I'm, I'm naming several names. I'm going to have to name another one, so I'm sorry. Brother Matt mentioned this when he was studying about Ruth a while back. You may get dirty when you're saving souls. So let's think about this a little bit. I'm not going to read these, so y'all look at it. Uh, in Acts 27, Paul was a prisoner. He was put on a ship, and they are moving him somewhere else. Uh, there was rough seas. The ship was broken up. It was sunk. He swam to an island. So I'm saying he was dirty. There he had gathered up wood. They were starting to fire. There was a viper, a poisonous snake, came and bit a hold of his hand. And the barbarians there said, Surely this guy is worthy of death. Even though he's a prisoner, he has escaped the sea, but now this uh, viper's on his hand. He shook it off in the fire, and then they thought he was a god. Later on, Paul went to, into the tribe and healed one of the ladies that was sick. As another ship came by, they laded him with every uh, item that they could to help them in their, their journey. So what I'm saying is, sometimes as we save Christians and do good deeds, we're going to get dirty. If it's mowing someone's lawn, you might get dirty. If you're helping somebody move from their home, you might get dirty. If you're helping them pour concrete, you might get dirty. So that's part of it. You may get dirty. Now, I'm going to tell you, also, it will cost you to save a soul. It's going to cost you. Brother Kenneth studied this not too long ago. You remember the guy? that was his traveling. He became wounded, left half dead, naked side of the road. The priest, the Levite, they come by on the other side. The Samaritan comes to him, binds up his wounds, Puts him on his beast, takes him to an inn, takes care of him. Then on the morrow, he leaves, leaves money, says, take care of him. What thou owest, when he comes back, I will pay thee. He took care of the guy. What did it cost the Samaritan? It cost him money. He may have had to cancel an appointment. It cost him some time. It cost him dollars, food, water. He left money there with him. What would this wounded guy say to the Samaritan if he meets him again? The Samaritan says, you owe me a study. What would he say? Let me ask you another question. The priest and the Levite, what did it cost them? It might have cost them a little time. They may have had to step out of the way, slowed them down a little. But that's it. To save souls, you may have to get out of your comfort zone. Now here's my example. In Acts 16 and 25, remember Paul and Silas had been beaten 
and they was put in prison in the innermost part. Their hands or feet was all banded together. As they had sang and prayed, there was an earthquake. The doors was open. Their bands was loosed. And at that time, if I was there, I would ran like a scared rabbit. I wouldn't have stayed to get beaten or locked up again. But they didn't. They said, do thyself no harm. The jailer was going to kill himself because it, under those rules at that time, if you lost a prisoner under your watch, he is worthy of death. You remember what happened? The jailer took him to his home. He washed their stripes and studied the word. Then they were baptized. Saving souls takes effort. This is kind of a commation of the rest of this. Jesus tells here in Matthew 25 and 34, those, I'm taking this as at the judgment, he says, all of you come to the place prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Because, one, I was hungry, you fed me. I was thirsty, you fed me. I needed a place to stay. You took care of me. I was naked. You clothed me. I was sick. You came to me. I was in prison. You visited me. That takes effort, don't it? Remember further on in Matthew 25, those, he said, Depart from me that work iniquity. What did y'all do? I was hungry. You didn't feed me. I was thirsty. You didn't give me a drink. I was naked. You didn't give me clothes. I needed a place to stay. You didn't give me a place to stay. I was sick, you didn't come visit me, and I was in prison, you didn't come visit me. Takes effort, don't it? Here's a verse I want you to get, okay? I think this is important for all of us. In, Matthew, in Mark 10 and 29, And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, There hath no man that hath left house, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my sake and the gospels, that he will receive a hundredfold now in his time, houses, and brethren, and sisters, and mothers, and children, and lands, with persecutions, and the world to come, eternal life. I had a lady tell me once from another congregation, I'm afraid we're going to go broke feeding all the sick that we have. I didn't tell her this verse. After you read this, I probably would be very gentle and say, you can't afford not to. Most of you all know for 30-something years, I handled people's investments. I came to people and took their money and we invested it. If I could have come to you then and say, let's put $1,000 in this investment and in your lifetime, it'll be 100000 guaranteed. How many would say, who do I make the check to? Y'all would do that. That's a good return. And that's what Jesus is telling us. Whatever we give up or spend to save souls, it's a hundredfold more. Plus a world to come, eternal life. It don't get no better than that. You cannot spend enough. You can't afford not to do it to get out and go to work. 
Sometimes you have to just ask. Acts 8 and 30, And Philip ran hither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest what thou readest? You all know what happened. The eunuch was baptized. They both went down into the water. He was baptized. How many times do you ask? How many times do you ask someone, Hey, do you understand the Bible? Most people are going to say, I don't understand it very well. Ask. That's all it takes. Does your conscience bother you about people you should have asked? Mine does. I wish I could go back in time. I would do it differently. I would say something. In Acts 3 and 6, then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. You know, you may not have a lot of assets to do things. It don't take a lot of effort to call somebody, how are you doing? I've been told time and again, y'all are the only ones that checked on me. Check on folks. How are you doing? What can we do to help? Are you all okay? They don't take a lot of time or expense to do that. Now we're shifting gears a little bit. All of this is done out of love. Like I said, CJ just oozed with love. And I, I wished I knew how to do that. And Revelation 1 and 5 and from Jesus Christ, who is a faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, and to him that hath loved us and has washed us from our sins in his own blood. This, we all know this. Without Jesus Christ dying, we have no hope of heaven. Now, I've got some things I'd like to do in the next few years but I need a heart. Who here will donate their heart so that me and Becky can go to Niagara Falls? Hmm, nobody. But Jesus died on the cross so we can go to heaven. We owe him. That's a lot of love. We owe him. In Mark 10 and 21, Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him, and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. Come and take up the cross and follow me. Notice, Jesus always, with instructions, loved him. But he says, but here is what you need to do. And we, we should pattern ourselves after Jesus. Our love must show. In Matthew 5 and 43, you have heard that it had been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despisefully use you 
and persecute you. So as we think about this, I've highlighted the word do good. What does the community where you at think about you? What does the community think about us as a church? What do visitors say? So it's some areas that we probably need to work on. Okay, let's think. go to another slide. I can get it to work. Matthew 22 and 37, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is likened to it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. One other thing that, that C.J. Jackson said in his talk, when you're dealing with people, he says, if there's a crisis, if there's a problem, if there's sickness, if there's death, or whatever it is, he says, be there. Just be there. You don't know what to say? Just be there. Show them you care. Be there. And that's pretty simple. Most of us can be there. Okay? I've got another verse. This may be a wreck. If I don't move too hard. Let's talk about fruit. Anybody's light going off? I had to give you a prompt to get your light to go off. But anyway, let's talk about fruit. In John 15 and 1, I am the true vine, and my father is a husband. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken to you. Fruit, 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 more fruit. We're talking about fruit. I'm not a big fan of bananas. Banana bread? Yeah, boy, I like that. I like it. Let's go a little further. Verse 4. Abide me and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. You're sitting there thinking, well, I can't do studies. I can't, I can't teach. I can't do this. You abide in the vine and you can. Without being in Jesus, you can't do that. Right. Oh, that's not what I like to do. It's out of my comfort zone. It takes time to get there. It takes time to be a song leader. It takes time to be a preacher. It takes time to know how to visit with someone. You'll be shown how to do that. Let people show you how to do that. There's a lot of people here that can do that. Brother Monty's favorite term is he'll throw you under the bus. We'll show you how to do it. We'll be right there with you. What is Christian fruit? It is not bananas, okay? A peach tree has peaches. A pear tree has pears. A Christian has Christians, okay? 
Let's think about your Christian fruit. Verse 6. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth at a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide me and my words abide in ye, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done to you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. Are you a disciple? Are you have much fruit? If you don't ask of him, it'll be given to you. I went in a thrift store. This is the biggest bunch of bananas I could get. If they had a bigger bunch, I'd have have got it in a wheelbarrow. Christians are supposed to have much fruit. Did you know Jesus wants fruit? He really does. Think about this. Read this verse. Here's some more fruit. This is a banana. Matthew 21 and 19. And when he saw the fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon but leaves only. And he said unto it, Let no fruit grow on the tree henceforward forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How soon is the fig tree withered away? Jesus wants fruit. What about your fruit, folks? You know, Jesus told that fig tree, and immediately it withered away. What's your, how's your fruit? Does it look like this? Maybe too bad for banana bread, I don't know. Think about this verse again. See the forever? Jesus can do that. He did that to that fig tree. Forever did it wither away. Forever. It never got another chance to have a fig. By his word, boom, his fate was sealed, that fig tree. Look at y'all's fruit. What does your fruit look like today? This is our last slide. Each one of you have a forever. Forever, y'all going to be somewhere. Forever. Have you obeyed the gospel? That's a key part to your forever. If you don't understand what I'm talking about, talk to me after service. I can make it pretty plain. Much fruit. Think about the Christian fruit you have. Think about the virtues we have here. Faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness, charity. Have you got them in your life? If you do, heaven is promised. Heaven is promised.
Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.